You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. How y'all doing? Oh, y'all got to wake up. It's Easter. Yeah, come on now. So look around, look around, because we haven't been together for a while, and we're still missing a good bit of folks. Um, so just kind of look around and see, and see faces you don't know, and realize those are faces that you can get to know, right? We have shared meals that are going to take place here soon, and we have all of these different things that are going to present to you so that we can be together as a church family again and get to know each other again, because we have new members, we have old members, we have other people coming together, and we want to be together as much as we can. But today, we're together, and we're going to talk about resurrection. Y'all all right with that? All right, so here's how we say it. We say Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And everything has changed. Everything has changed because of his life and the love that he brought to the cross that led him to the resurrection that is supposed to compel us. In the resurrection of Jesus, we see more than a good man. In the life of Jesus, we see a good man. In the way he loved people, we see a good man. In the miracles of Jesus, we see maybe a, a miracle-wielding prophet. But in the resurrection of Jesus, we see more than a good man. We see a good God. We see a God with the power to overcome, the power to save. We see more than a man who loves. We see a God who loves. And we see it. We see it in the woman at the well that everyone ignored and ashamed, but, but not Jesus. We see it with the man with leprosy that everyone had given up on and called unclean, but not Jesus. We see it with the man that was known as crazy and possessed that everyone feared and cast out of town, but not Jesus. Jesus, this friend of sinners and lover of all, is found in the Scripture. In the presence of liars, thieves, prostitutes, those who don't believe. He's found with the rich, the poor, the powerless, the divorced. He's found with the widow, the child, the religious elite, and those left out. He's found with the violent, the immigrant, the powerless, and the unrepentant. He's found with humanity. God and Jesus is found with humanity. He's found with all of humanity. And what's he trying to do? To try and demonstrate that we're contrary to what the word on the street says. No one is beyond the welcome of God's kingdom. No one. Say no one. No one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Say no one. Say God gives that things life. And that is the beauty of the resurrection, beloved. No matter what you're bringing to the table this morning. Literally, when we come to the table, no matter what you're bringing to the table this morning, God can give resurrection life. Now, the problem is, Jesus oftentimes causes trouble, even though it's always good trouble. He causes trouble. And you see it in the scriptures and the company he keeps. One time his disciples were asked by the powerful folks, why does your teacher keep company with sinners? And what they really meant to ask was, doesn't he know what the Bible says? That evil companionship corrupts good habits, that holy people can't share a table with unholy people, but we see something different in the God-made flesh in Jesus. And how do we know that we see that something was different? Because of resurrection. See, without resurrection, he's just a good man. But with resurrection, he's a God-man. And that changes everything, beloved. See, the fact of the matter is, it's no wonder that Jesus' own disciples couldn't understand him. 
His family couldn't explain him. The political leaders couldn't stand him. He was called a drunkard, labeled out of his mind. He was rejected by the religious right and lambasted by the religious left. And for some, Jesus' testimony of what God was doing in the world was just too much. It was disrupting the status quo. It was disrupting everything that everybody wanted life to be. With all of its clean categories of being able to determine who's in and who's out. Who should be welcomed into God's love and who should be excluded into God's love. And we know how Holy Week went because we just walked through it. The people in political and religious power thought they needed to put a stop to Jesus. He created a movement that had threatened to take their power away. And they wanted their way of life and didn't want change. And Jesus and his kingdom was getting in the way of the life that they wanted. And so they turned to violence. They arrested him. They stripped him naked. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him. They shamed him. They nailed him to that first lynching tree called the cross so that everyone could watch him die. And the truth of Scripture is that Jesus didn't fight back. He didn't. He taught everyone to love their enemies, and that's exactly what he did down to his last breath. And the people in political and religious power thought they had won. They thought they had beaten Jesus. Some believe Jesus to be the chosen one, God's Messiah King. But see, there was something they didn't know. Say they didn't know. know. There was even something the disciples didn't know. Say they didn't know. know. And then sometimes we act like we don't know. Say sometimes we don't know. See, it's like author and pastor Dante Stewart said, we live in a country full of Bibles, but empty on love. We live in a society where we call evil good and good evil. We mistake darkness for light and light for darkness. We still believe war leads to peace and that peace can lead to war. We are told that we should love with caution and restraint, with self-protecting boundaries and limits. We're shown by the actions of some that we're allowed to love those we determine are worthy. And to subtly reinforce this belief, to subtly back this up, society uses labels that tell us to whom we belong. That serve as categories to create classes, races, gender expectations, and other identity markers. And we see it. We see it from the streets of Grand Rapids, Michigan, to the subway of New York City. We see fear and hatred give birth to violence. And it reminds us that life can be fragile. And that there will always be people who believe they possess authority to take life. From the streets of those in Williamsburg living through social displacement to those living through social displacement in Ukraine, Ethiopia, and Myanmar, we see faces stained with tears that flow from losing everything familiar, everything once called home. From the debate stages of politicians to our friends, neighbors, and coworkers, we are bombarded with messages of fear and tempted to place our hopes and our trust in people, places, and things That we know won't last. And we're left feeling like my friend Steve who once told me that it feels like no one is in charge. He said we're on our own Fred. And we're going to have to figure out our own way out of this mess. We just need to get stronger leaders in this country so we can lead the world to prosperity and peace. That's what he said. We end up being like my friend Carrie who once asked me why does God allow these things to happen? Is God really good? Why does God allow this world to look And feel so much like hell sometimes. And so we ask. 
Where's the divine intervention in all these things? I imagine the disciples were asking this question as they laid Jesus' body in the tomb and sat through Holy Saturday. Why didn't faith move mountains like Jesus said it would? I imagine the disciples of Jesus were asking this question on Holy Saturday. But Sunday came. And that's when they finally knew. See, they finally knew that Jesus was God in the flesh. They finally knew that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who issued the Ten Commandments, including the one that said, do not make for ourselves idols in our image, in the image of God, has come to us in the person of Jesus, who, as Paul said, is the image of the invisible God. See, they finally knew that Jesus died, not because he had to, but because he chose to. They finally knew they could no longer go their own way and remain committed to the self-centered, misguided hopes and misplaced allegiances. They finally knew that Jesus' cross would become his crown. They finally knew that Jesus' death would become their life and the life of all who would believe. See, they finally knew that the one true king had come to give his life for the world so that anyone could overcome the reign of sin and death that is ruling in the world. See, when Sunday came, they finally knew that by the death of Jesus, God was defeating evil in every human heart, including ours, if we would present our heart to him. They finally knew that the death of Jesus showed the world that God refuses to turn away from any of us in our suffering. And he refuses to turn away from any of us in our sin. In the death of Jesus, God suffers with us and takes on the sins of the world. They finally knew, beloved, that in the death of Jesus on the cross, it has once and all been for real, for revealed that God is not the origin of evil. But as the one who suffers with the world in the flesh, God is the only one who can overcome evil. And in the resurrection, God assures us that evil has no real purpose, no real power, and no lasting future. They finally knew that in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, they saw what love looked like. Because in Jesus, they saw what God looks like. And they finally knew all this when they understood what happened on that first Easter Sunday. Death couldn't hold Jesus and the tomb couldn't keep him. And eventually they learned that while they waited and wondered and questioned and ached on Holy Saturday, they finally learned that they were only stuck somewhere between tragedy and triumph because Sunday had come. And they would finally learn, beloved, what the Christian tradition has taught for 2,000 years. That on Holy Saturday, Jesus descended to the place of death and literally stormed the gates of hell, proclaiming the liberation of God that was to come on Sunday. All of this, as true as we believe it to be, all of this does not change the fact that some of us are going to live through Holy Saturdays. The questions of Holy Saturdays will keep coming and we will feel as though we are living in the in-between of tragedy and triumph because even on this side of resurrection we are 
But here's the difference, beloved. See, what Resurrection Sunday means is that the questions of Holy Saturday have a final answer by what happened on Easter Sunday. And that's the difference now. See, we know what the disciples finally knew. Because in the cross, we see the crucified God. We see God entering into the suffering of the world in the most despicable way. In the cross, we see that the crucified Jesus is no stranger to the suffering and brokenness. Jesus is no stranger to a history filled with those wounded by violence and ruined by hatred. Jesus is no stranger to the soul that feels lost in a dark night and smothered by unexpected tragedy and pain. See, what we see when we look back on the cross of Good Friday from the resurrection of that first Easter Sunday is that hurts can be healed ruin can lead to redemption loss can find comfort and trauma can give way to triumph see every easter sunday that would follow the people of jesus we would declare that because christ is risen and risen indeed darkness will turn to light Pain will one day turn to peace. And brokenness will turn to beauty. Because death has opened up to resurrection life. And what else we learn from the cross of Good Friday and the resurrection of that first Easter Sunday. Is that we can bring these broken things of Holy Saturday to God. Because the cross and resurrection has opened us up now to new possibilities. Everybody say new possibilities. See, here's my question. Do you believe in new possibilities? Even living in a holy Saturday because Sunday's come. So do we really believe in new possibilities? Do we really believe that in the cross, sins have been forgiven and a deeper kind of healing can happen now? Everybody say now. Come on, now I say everybody say now. And that Jesus rescues us from the enslavement to sin and death and invites us into the presence of God now where you can be called God's chosen beloved. Like in the resurrection, do we really believe in new possibilities? Do we, do we really believe that Jesus ushered in God's reign of peace and justice that leads to new possibilities for everybody now that Jesus has been and always will be outraged by violence abuse and injustice and is working now by his spirit who rose who gave him life from the dead who gives us life in our bodies by his spirit working to overcome these things now do we really believe that see christ's final breath freed us from the chains of death and the cross and the resurrection of jesus christ is god's preview of what is to come See, because Christ is risen, the future life of God is available to us here and now. There is a new way of life lived in God's presence that has come to us. And new possibilities are open to us. The world is being reorganized as we know it. And the old way of life that we are used to, the old way of life that we know cannot live up to the promises it makes, we know now but here's my question do we know see the categories of labels and exclusion along with its anxiety fear injustice and violence only bring us more anxiety fear injustice and violence we know that now but here's my question do we know 
Because sometimes we don't live as if we know. And what Easter Sunday is in the calendar of every Christian is an awakening to what we say we know. And to call us what we say, call us to what we say we believe. That's the point. It isn't just to dress up and look all pretty. It isn't just to come and take pictures in a flowery cross. It isn't just to pull some old songs out of, the, out of the bank that we use primarily for Resurrection Day. It isn't just to gather together with family that we haven't seen in a while. Even though all of that is good and all of that is beautiful, Resurrection Day is a day to be reminded that we are called to live what we believe. That new possibilities are always there because the resurrection of Christ happened and by the Spirit of God is happening. There is nothing that is too dead for God to give life. Resurrection is about life-giving change. It's about life-giving transformation. It's about life-giving renewal. It is a resurrection of our deepest and best made in the Spirit of God humanity. And it begins with a resurrected mind given by the Spirit of God designed for the new possibilities that resurrection brings. We have to be willing, beloved, to rethink everything. And Easter Sunday is the most poignant point of the calendar in our lives that reminds us that of all days, this is the day that we rethink everything. So don't let your failure have the final word. Trust the resurrection. God gives dead things life and new things are possible. Don't let your fear stop you dead in your tracks. Trust the resurrection. God gives dead things life so new things are possible. Don't let your circumstances lead you to the conclusion that God can't change your condition. Trust the resurrection. God gives dead things life. New things are possible. Beloved, the world didn't give us resurrection. The world didn't give us our salvation. The world didn't give us our joy. The world didn't give us our divine identity. The world didn't give us our divine assignment in God's purposes. And the, what the world didn't give, the world can't take away. Amen. Come on now. So what you sometimes going to have to do is tell the truth and shame the devil. And believe in resurrection. Because that's what we proclaim. And on the Holy Saturdays. Remember that Sunday did come. And Sunday's always coming. And sit with the lament. And sit with the brokenness. But then at some point. Remember. That all the brokenness. And all the evil does not have the final word. It has no lasting power because Christ is risen. As the church, we can and we should be a sign of living hope, beloved. We can and should point to what marks the reign of God that has opened up new possibilities of love, mercy, and peace in this world. We can't just be a gathered people. We will become a scattered people sent out into our city and our everyday places to bear witness to the resurrected Jesus Christ who reigns as Lord. And we do that when we love the unlovable. 
We do that when we welcome others that people tell us we shouldn't welcome. We do that when we choose to love without caution or restraint, without boundaries or limits. We do that when we choose to love people beyond their feelings of worthiness or unworthiness. When we choose love, we choose life. And when we choose life, we're always choosing resurrection. On Easter Sunday... We're saying that we finally know. We're saying that in a world of sirens. And in a world of brokenness. That we believe something new has happened. And is happening. That's what we're saying. Now what we have to do. Is put our hands and feet. With our mouths. We have to do what we say we believe and trust in the one who knows us best and loves us most. On Easter Sunday, beloved, we are saying that God is with us in it all. And he will never leave us and has promised to give us life. On Resurrection Sunday, we are saying that we know how the story of our lives go because we know how the story ends. And we know how the story ends because we know the story of the crucified and resurrected God in King Jesus. That is what we're saying. And every week we gather, Easter Sunday or not, we come to this table. Because the reality of it is, resurrection isn't something we proclaim once a year. It's something we proclaim every Sunday. Beloved, I'm going to say it again. The world didn't give you your life. And what the world didn't give, it can't take away. The resurrection of Jesus gave you your identity and gave you your life. And no one, not even hell itself, can take it away. That is why on Holy Saturday, Jesus descended and stormed the gates of hell and pronounced the liberation of God that was to come on Sunday. For once and for all, the eviction notice of the reign of sin and death was given. The chains have been broken and we've been made alive. And so we rise. Say we rise. Say I rise. Say because Jesus has risen, I will rise too. But even now, See, resurrection hope isn't something that's going to happen. It's something that's happening. Let's live like we believe it. And if you struggle to believe it, then stay in community and sit with those who at least in this moment do. And don't do it alone. Because Sunday's always coming. And beloved, we come to the table because we can and because we should. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. 